Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 26. So this, uh, this episode is dedicated to the god emperor of all mankind, the Daybacle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting in his throne over there, his golden it's, throne, yes. unable to move. Paralyzed, uh, <laughs> but still in control of all mankind. Yes. But yeah, we're talking about Warhammer 40k, uh, Marnius Kalgar, out on uh, Marvel, written by uh, Karen Gillan. And it fucking rules. I enjoyed it. It took me, like, the first issue, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Yeah. I don't know. But then I did like it. Yeah. It's, uh, it gives you pretty much anything, like, everything you would want out of, like, a first volume Warhammer comic. It didn't give me what I wanted. Oh, really? What yeah. did you want? No, well, I take that back. It did for one small itty bitty sub panel of a panel. Mm-hmm. I wanted Necrons. Oh, okay. There is one within is. a panel, there's yeah. a small square with two Necrons getting destroyed by Marnius. Yeah. Okay, well, so. Fair. But I, to your point, I guess I did get what I wanted out of a Warhammer comic book. Yeah, uh, to a degree. The universe, the Warhammer universe is so vast that, like, what you want could be completely different from what anybody else would want. But if you like Space Marines and Carnage. Yeah, if you like the idea of Grim Dark Universal War, mm -hmm. it delivers. It delivers on the the ethos and universe of Warhammer. Yeah, it's a very good introduction to that universe and what it's all about. Yes. Uh, which is basically misery. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's having any fun. None. No fun at all. Well, maybe they are having fun because they get indoctrinated into this mindset of always war, so they don't know any better. <laughs> but do they think of that as fun? So sometimes Marnius <laughs> seemed to think it was fun. There was a moment towards the end of the comic... When he and the, I guess they're called adepts. Yeah. Were going into on they were on the moon of the planet mm-hmm. and they're going into the little cave where he he was initially trained at, and there were several corn um, army guys, uh, heretics, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he says the adept was, oh, there's a lot of people there. He's like, well, let's clear it away, and he just bulldozed through. Like a dozen of them, and that seemed very joyful. <laughs> like, if you look at the panels and the way he said it, it was like, well, I'll take care of that. Yeah. It seemed joyful. Fair. But outside looking in, no joy. Joy no. doesn't exist. No, there, there's no joy to be had from an outsider's point of view. No. Uh, we think this world sucks. We obviously haven't experienced 40K world. <laughs> right. <laughs> but maybe we're headed there, so we'll find out. Yeah. Soon enough. Oh, well. We won't. Oh, yeah. 40,000 40, years is a long ways away. Yes. Cornbread <laughs> might. Cornbread, the eternal one. Yes. Despite the grim, dark setting and just story in general, there were moments where Karen Gillan was able to sneak in some jokes. Actually, really, just one moment. Just a slight bit of humor. I, I remember uh, Marnius and the Adept were, I guess, being overwhelmed at one point. 
And the adept was like, maybe we should run. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then Marnie says, uh, space marines don't run. We withdraw. <laughs> so we're an army. We're a small army. Space marines don't run. We withdraw. <laughs> and I think that was a really uh, fun, smart way to inject a little bit of humor, but still keep it. Keep a proper tone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really good, and I'm, I'm glad he was able to kind of slide that in there. One of the th things I really enjoyed was every couple pages throughout the book, there'd be the black background page with kind mm. of either a history yeah. of the Warhammer world uh, revolving around what they're doing. Uh, we'll say a very surface level history. Right. Or the rundown of how a space marine gets to become a space marine, right? Yeah. What I liked were the little quotes at the bottom. <laughs> they were just, some of them, I don't know. I just enjoyed the quotes of random. Right. I mean, it's like just a little bit of lore dump. Pretty much. For, yeah. for anybody uh, who's interested. I did really like um, those panels showing uh, what space marines uh, have to go through, like, especially surgery-wise. Right. Those like, are really cool. From ages 10 to 12, these three things happen. Mm -hmm. And just the evolution of, from little boy and beyond the training that we saw, like when he was on the moon. Right. Like the actual physical training he had to go through and the emotional training and bullshit to actual implementation to change your physiology from little boy to adult space marine. Right. And they're like, I enjoy 40k lore. I never really delve too much into like what goes into making a space uh, space marine. Right. And it was like, it was fun reading about that kind of stuff. Like how implanted extra organs and all that shit. Ultramarine? Am I thinking, is it an ultramarine? Or is it just space marine? I think it's, I think ultramarine is like a subsect of oh. Space Marine. Okay. For some reason that popped in my head just now, so I said it. Weren't they, like... I know there's, a, like, a planet or a sector called Ultramars, too. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Okay. Where he visited Marnius's Marnius' home planet was yeah. in the sector. I think so. Of, I think that's what okay. it was. McCragger or something mm -hmm. like that was the planet. <laughs> I mean, it's something like that. My cracker. My cracker. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching. It, it, I feel had this first or these five issues, if they would have been either young Tacitan, 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 I don't know. Uh, basically, Marnius now. Yeah. If it would have been only that story of young Marnius and the trials and tribulations he went through. Or just the current, present day Marnius fighting off these blood heretics would have been a less enjoyable read. Oh yeah, but because it did a little bit of bouncing back and forth, and then the current storyline did a callback to the flashback storyline, mm -hmm. tying it together, made it a more interesting read. Yeah, it's. Um... So I guess my reference for that would be like Chekhov's gun, where uh, stuff that that brought that's brought up earlier on in the story is brought back, so that it had a purpose. Like you brought it up for a reason. Yeah. So this would be like 
Chekhov's bullies. Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> bunch uh, of jerks. Right? So the basic story is uh, Taciturn Tacitin was just this lowly servant type dude. Yep. Uh, and under the service of the actual Marnius Calgar. Now, uh, Marnius is like this great dude, uh, super nice, and decided to bring his uh, servant along with him to, uh, to be trained uh, to, to become space marines. They go off to the moon uh, with a bunch of other bully shitheads and start training. Turns out uh, they were being trained by a heretic, and the bullies uh, decided to worship corn. And murder uh, Marnius, the yep. actual Marnius. Well, tried murdering both of them. Yeah, but new Marnius got away. Yep. Like, you murdered my friend who gave me a chance. I'm gonna assume his identity and oh, not really assume his identity. Yeah, take his name so that Marnius becomes a space marine. Right. Because I mean, eventually he tells a crazy sparkle eye lady later. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not Marnius. This is what happens. Right. I don't know what that was about. Like, who was Sparkle Eye Lady? Oh. Uh, she seemed important. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. All I know is, like, she came up. She said, what's the beef? And then he's like, there's this. And she's like, all right, you passed the test. Bye. I think it was at the end oh, of, like, all yeah. the surgeries right. and everything. And there's like, they're talking about you. So I wanted to look in your face, and oh, then she uh, fucked off. That's, uh, she's an inquisitor. She's trying to figure out if he was, uh, oh. in, like, corrupted. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's not, like, a future, but, well, there may be. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I understand now. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I guess toward the, because, the, what, he was the only one who survived? Right, out of yeah. 300 or something. Exactly. Yeah. And, and because there was that issue with the uh, the portal to uh, the warp uh, being discovered and blown up subsequently, yes. but yeah, so so he was being inquisited by an inquisitor. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Sparkle Eye Lady. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I really enjoyed also uh, one of the earlier combats on the main planet of Marnius's home or whatever when there was. I think it was the heretics had this ginormous monstrosity of a vehicle. Mm. And it basically just looked like a huge ass cathedral on wheels mm -hmm. with like smokestacks on the top. Yeah. And it was just, it was, I don't know. I liked it, but it was dumb as fuck. <laughs> I mean, everything in the 40K universe is just hyperbolic right. in general. Right. Everything's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I, remember, uh, I mean, there's definitely several panels where Marnius is just, like, punches straight through people. Well, Power oh, Fist. Yeah. Power Fist, baby. Pachow! Yeah, right through armor, everything. <laughs> it, it was fucking great. And then the at the end on the moon with the, the god skull taker or something like that. Oh, the The, the big weird, robot thing. Yeah, the tank that had the torso of like a chaos warrior yes yeah yeah he had it had a like skull missile launcher <laughs> that the skull would hit impact 
and they explode into more flaming skulls. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. God damn it. And did they see... We didn't get to really see that, though. No. No. No, we didn't. We saw some fire happening, some explosions when they're withdrawing. Right. But we didn't get to see a launched skull then explode into flaming skulls. <laughs> if you're going to say that, I feel like you need to show it. <laughs> just give me the candy. It's... Give me the candy. Like, I'm just wondering how that works, you know? Like... <laughs> Blood magic, dude. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bone magic. Bone magic. I wonder why they chose corn. Oh, I guess they didn't choose corn. Corn chose them. Uh-huh. Is how that goes. Yeah, you don't choose corn. No. <laughs> corn chooses you. Yeah. Corn with a K. Yes. And an H, but... And, and an e. e. And an O-R-N. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In that order. Yes. A K-H-E and then O-R-N. Kiorn. <laughs> That's who wrote it. Yeah. Kiorn Gillen. Gillen. <laughs> Thanks, Kiorn. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your work. <coughs> oh. I'm dying now. <laughs> oh. Uh, I also really like the... Uh, the framing device of like the adept who doesn't really know what's going on, and uh, Marnie is kind of guiding him through through this world, right. essentially, which is sort essentially guiding us as a reader through this world of forty k. Yeah, I don't know if the the adept doesn't know what's going on. I think the adept is, is more aware. Experienced? I think the adept is just. He knows what's going on, but out of his element. Yeah. His job is data. Yeah, that's true. He's in the action now. Yeah. And he does so. Yeah. But to your point, yeah. He's like, come on, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm for the ride, too. Now, is a bad analogy, partially because I've never read Dante's Inferno. No, mostly because I've never read Dante's Inferno. Should be right there if you want to read it. No. Okay. <laughs> Not right now. Okay. Or... Uh, maybe. Or ever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is like, I, I've done, I listen to metal, so I have a surface <laughs> right. understanding of Dante's I listen to the Iceland song. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's kind of how, like, I was like, oh, yeah, so, you know, you got Dante and Virgil and these two characters, and, like, you're guiding through uh, this hellscape of 40K. Okay, yeah. yeah. But that's, Yeah. <laughs> Why did you, where did, hmm, why did that pop into your head? Like, were you actually giving it thought, trying to match it, or to just like, oh, hey. Yeah, I actually, uh, it popped into my head uh, while I was reading. It's like, oh, okay, so you got, you got somebody who's, like, inexperienced in this guy who's been here a long time in the shit and guiding him through, uh, through what this whole world is about. And then you just made the court. It was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good device Good literary device in general. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat. Yep. I would be interested in following Marnius in further adventures, but I don't know if they are planning to do like a volume two. I know there's like more Warhammer stuff planned within right. the Marvel Universe. Right. But I'm curious if they are going to continue the story. Because I mean, they it left wrapped it. Go ahead. They wrapped it up pretty well. It like. 
It could end where it ended, and it, it'd be fine. It could, yes. But they also left it to where there's a breadcrumb, if you wanted, mm-hmm. to keep... Because it ends with him just ripping uh, the tank thingy's heads off. Right, right. We assume they win that battle, mm-hmm. but he's clearly not dead. Right. They can continue, is what I'm saying. It's yeah. not a definitive ending. Right. It's a definitive ending to the story, I feel, that they were telling, but not to his story, necessarily. Right. And the 40K mm-hmm. world is... A never-ending world, right? War, anyways, right? So, but they do have a who? What are they? The Sisters of Battle? Yeah, I think the first issue of that's out. Yeah. So, I mean, probably in eight months' time, we're going to be talking about that story. Hell yeah! Stay around <laughs> for that long. Show up for the first time <laughs> in eight months' time. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like the character of Marnius well enough to want to read more with featuring him. Yeah, it was it was good because like you, I've not read much Warhammer 40k world building lore. I've not read individual story arcs. Mm-hmm. So a, I didn't know how a Space Marine was built. Also, right. and b, I don't know any real names outside of the super major players. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to have them put this person in front of me who I don't know and actually give him a story worth reading in five issues. Right. It's not just space marine guy goes space marining around <laughs> with battle armor. Which what, like every single Warhammer 40k game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more to it. Yeah. He kind of has a a story of revenge or vengeance, mm-hmm. really. And he's, oh, these two bullies were here. I'm Now it's my turn to rip his head off. Right. And show this friend of mine the ultimate honor I can, since he's dead. Right. For just choosing to stick by me when we were young. Right. Because, I mean, he was, he was slow. He was weak. Yeah. He shouldn't have survived. But nope. because of his friend. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And now he, he became this heroic figure in honor of his friend. And honoring his name. Yeah. So there, there's a lot going on there with this one character in five issues that's pretty rad. Yep. Like, it's got some meat to the yep. bones. It's it's definitely a well-written story. But uh, sidetrack on uh, Warhammer lore. Uh, I definitely kind of want to read... Uh, definitely kind of. Hmm. <laughs> I definitely want to read the, the Horus Heresy now. That's like forty million books. Isn't I know, it? but yeah. like, I've, I have like just little bits and pieces that I've you know read on wikis. Yeah. And especially now, uh, when it touched upon the the Horus Heresy in the little, uh, lore dump. Yeah. Pages is like, man, that shit sounds cool. It does sound pretty cool. I don't know if I ever will. Yeah. It's just quite the investment, with no pretty pictures. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> what I'm hoping is that these 40K Marvel books do well enough that they kind of oh. dish out some of that. It's obviously not going to be as in-depth and right. meaty as right. the novels, right? But you give me kind of an abridged version, I'm happy with that. Yeah. You I mean, sign me up. Like, when I was a kid, I read a abridged version of Moby Dick and it had pictures and I've never read Moby Dick since. That's also right there. If you want to read 
the full divine comedy of Moby Dick. I've got it on my bookshelf. I've not finished either, yeah. but I've read a good chunk of both. And it's interesting to me how I had like never even touched Moby Dick years years ago. Yeah. But I knew the fucking story. Right. They're just stories that are so ingrained in in pop culture mm-hmm. or in American upbringing and culture, I guess, that you just know these things yeah. without ever intentionally trying to know these things. Yeah, it, it just kind of seeps into your brain somehow. Which, which I feel is happening with the phrase, blood for the blood god. I feel there are more people that probably know that's in reference to Warhammer in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of them know it's corn. Yeah. But they... And more so than, we'll say, 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I feel they would get a reference. Oh, at the very least, oh, that's a nerdy gaming something, something. Right, right. At the very least, they know that. And it's weird how just, like... Well, I, I guess it's kind of like how memes work, right? It's just, like... Blood? Yeah. The the sacri- memes, yeah. <laughs> memes, meme is you bleeding... Your stupidity on the internet. Yes. <laughs> meme for the meme guy. Meme <laughs> for the meme guy. <laughs> Which is just like a 12-year-old asshole. <laughs> Lulls for the lull friend. <laughs> Forever Black by Sirith Ungol was the album we chose. It was released in 2020 on Metal Blade. Uh, this band's out of Ventura, California. And they do not ride skateboards, nor do they surf, like you would expect from Ventura. <laughs> Instead, what they do is have fantasy battles, apparently. <laughs> now, do they do they really LARP? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, th- I thought you were like talking about like what, what the band <laughs> members at, were at, like, actually doing. Well, I, they, I can't say, I cannot confirm nor deny that Sirithongo LARPs. I could see that it maybe was in their past. Yeah. You look at the album art yeah. of Forever Black, and then also their other ones, very fantasy-driven. Mm-hmm. And Sirithongol is a very fantasy-driven name. Mm-hmm. And they sing about fantasy-driven things, and also heavy metal. So I like to think they LARP. And is not being in a band just LARPing? We're pretending to be musicians on stage. <laughs> oh, oh, holy shit. Yeah, being a band is LARPing. <laughs> oh, but it's like taking it to like the next level where you actually learn how to do something. Right, to prove that you're that good. Yeah. Well, that's the difference between a cover band. And then a real band, right? Like, no cover bands would be LARPing, I guess. Yeah. Or well, tribute bands would be LARPing. What is that? Uh, because, I mean, well, LARPing, you're playing your own character. Right? But usually in someone else's world. And not always your own character. Typically, yeah. Because yeah. that's what you want to do it, right? Right. So maybe original huh. bands are... Maybe original, I mean, maybe it is original bands are LARPing and cover bands are just bards. Yes. No. No. They're just bad LARPers. Yes. (laughs) 
they're picking up someone else's story. Right. They, they, do it. they they watch another dude do like a cool sword flourish. It's like, oh, I want to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he hear uh, they they hear uh, somebody say something cool. It's like, oh, I'm gonna say that. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's how I role play. <laughs> <laughs> I just listen to all these other role players and jot down what they're saying and just repeat what they say. <laughs> like, oh, okay. You asked me a question. Let me shuffle through this real fast. <laughs> what makes the most sense in this situation? <laughs> and then it turns out at the end of the storyline, you're a mimic. Yes. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Thungle. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they have really awesome rock and roll heavy metal riffs and solos. But, at least on this album... Sometimes sort of boring songs. I found this album just really forgettable. Yeah. It, like, everything, yes, everything works the way it's intended, I guess. But it's just kind of generic sounding and just nothing really catches, or it caught me at least. Yeah. Um, I think there's one song, uh, Stormbringer, that I thought was kind of stood out a bit but other than that all the other songs just kind of seemed like one thing riff riff solo solo riff and riff solo da, da, da. i love his vocals yeah less so on this album it feels like he they maybe mixed in some delay yeah a little that's bit what of it extra like. delay it i i if you listen to um king of the dead or Frost and Fire. Wait, is that what it's called? I think it's Frost. Whatever. Um, and listen to those vocals. I liken it, not in sound, but in in how it's... Bad vocals mm-hmm. that sound really cool. Like a King Diamond. Bad vocals sound really cool. <laughs> they don't sound similar, but it's right. the same concept to me. And I just really loved the vocals on those earlier albums. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like, fucking hell yeah, man. Awesome. My my thing with at least this album is the vocals, they they sound the exact same throughout the entire song oh, and throughout the entire album. It is throughout the entire band's career, my friend. Okay, because like, I'm not <laughs> That's too what familiar with Sarah yeah. Uncle and it honestly sounded like you could copy and paste the vocals for one song onto another song and i can't tell the difference yeah yeah, pretty much i I, i'm not kidding that's basically the whole career (laughs) and i fucking love it (laughs) one note one tone kind of raspy (laughs) (laughs) shit rules i love it but i mean on this album they did something different with yeah. the mix and his vocals. Maybe to try and punch it up or something. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I definitely noticed what you were talking about with like maybe some sort of delay because there there does seem to be like, you know, the the main voice and then a secondary voice that comes sh- shortly after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just it kinda bugged me. Yeah. Yeah. It was it didn't, distracting. It, and it didn't feel it was enough for me to notice and then think that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm used to hearing. Right. Type of deal. So, but I mean, I, 
the guitar works pretty good. It's not like it's shitty work. No. And I think the solo on track two towards the end was super killer. And there was a catchy nightmare or we are nightmare or something. It had catchy rhythm to it. I enjoyed it overall, but it's definitely not one I'm going to go back and listen to. Yeah, I don't see myself really ever going back and listening to this album. Um, I have other Sirithungal albums I can listen to, and I will. Right. <laughs> and, like, for for me, like, for a heavy metal album, like, for me, you need something, like, really hooky, really catchy, something that sticks in your head, and nothing from this album really does that for me. No. Yeah. Outside of annoyance, right? Like, yeah. My thing with this band as a whole is that it, they never quite feel like they're traditional heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And they never quite feel like they're traditional doom metal. They're, they are this weird mix of the two, and I can't put my finger exactly on it, because it's not doom, and it leans more to traditional heavy metal, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of doom feel to it. Yeah, so That's one of the draws for this band that I like so much. Fair. I'm really curious to see how they do live. Yeah. Because they're, they're like 60, 60 plus. Most of them. They've got, they've got like a hired gun, young guy. Yeah. Um, but they're old people. So I'm really curious to I'm see sure how they perform, yeah, perform live. I mean. Mass Destruction Metal Fest. Hell yeah. Dingus and Dongus. They mock